The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded June 23rd, 2022. Enjoy! Welcome to the July edition of Life in the Tax Lane. Joe Hugh, how are you doing? Got your sunglasses? Past, summer's still here. I hope. Maybe someday we'll get a warm day without rain. Yeah, I've already got my bathing suit on. I'm ready to just jump outside, get on the slip and slide with the kids. It's going to be fun. Stay but... sitting while the camera's on. <laughs> I think we should start talking about tax. Caitlin, why don't you start let's do, You know what? Let's start talking about small businesses. One of the challenges sure. small businesses struggle with is the cost of accepting payment via Visa and MasterCard. This month, we have an article we've referenced in your video notes. Basically, it talks about a class action settlement against Visa and MasterCard related to some of these merchant, these transaction fees. Bottom line here, if you are a business that has accepted Visa or MasterCard going back all the way back to 2001, you actually can make a claim to a portion of this uh, settlement payment. I mean, it's not a huge amount of money. We're talking 30 bucks per year for these small businesses businesses going back to 2021. Nonetheless, it is an option out there for some of your businesses. Now, wow. I don't think I'm going to buy the farm on that one. I think I'd rather write off a million and a half of new asset purchases, which the uh, finance minister told me I was going to be able to do way back in April 2021 in the budget, but then didn't get the legislation out that quick. So CRA said, well, we can't change the rules ourselves. We got to have legislation. So don't make these claims till we have legislation. Once it's tabled, then we'll talk. Well, it got tabled. It was in C-19. Are we good to go, CRA? Well, yes and no. If you're filing your return right now, go ahead and claim it. Legislation's tabled. You're good. But if you want to amend to claim it with a return you already filed, now you got to wait for the governor general to get into the act and sign this off with royal assent. So hopefully by the time we broadcast this, that will have happened. Uh, <laughs> now, the other question that cropped up, though, was if I have an associated group of corporations, we got to share that million and a half limit. Where's the form? CRA said, we got good news. We're working on a form. It's going to be part of the Schedule 8 when we amend it. What do I do in the meantime? Just figure it out in your office, paper it up there, and file your return. You'll file an amended Schedule 8 later to tell them how it was divvied up. They said not later than the following tax return. So you got time. Start making those claims if you're filing today. Cool. Now, one of the other items that came out, and it's a COVID-related thing, is um, CERB and CRB. In order to get that, you had to, both of the rules for both of them were very similar. You basically had to have a decrease in income, decrease in work, uh, which was related to COVID. Reasons uh, related to COVID or due to COVID, the, the rules are very similar here. Now we have a case, the first case I've seen, where it's an owner-manager who had been receiving salary from his own company that he controlled. He cut off the salary, went for CERB and uh, CRB afterwards, and it was denied by the government. So let's talk a little bit about this. So this individual, he was 81 years old. Now, what he had done was uh, in June of 2020, he filed his tax return, personal return for 2019. On that, he included $6,000 of salaries. Now, this was the first time that he had actually reported salaries um, that the court had actually seen. I don't know how many years they went back, but it looked like it was the first time. Now, the argument from CRA here, there was a couple arguments, but the, the main ones were, 
how do we know that you lost basically income due to uh, the COVID pandemic? Mm. Um, you didn't get that $6,000 in 2020, but we're not sure if the cutoff was directly related to COVID because you didn't really have a history of this type of salary. You just started getting it. You know, were the reasons why you didn't get it before the same as why you didn't get it now? Or was it COVID that caused you not to get it anymore? Uh, so there's a question there. The other thing was that $6,000 amount was paid in three tranches. The third payment of $2,000 occurred in August of 2019. We're talking six, seven months before the actual pandemic. So was it truly the pandemic that stopped you from earning your money or was it something else? So there are too many questions, not a sufficient enough tie to COVID. So this individual lost and the government was basically okay denying his, his benefits. Uh, now, I mean, there's a, a whole bunch of other arguments about it that you probably want to dig deeper into the case, but you know, just a warning that CRA has been looking at these situations and here was a winner for them. Hugh, Kate? I think it'll be interesting, Joe, to see a case where the industry suffered, the business suffered, and cash flow yeah. required the owner to stop taking salary they were regularly taking. I think they'd have a much better claim. This case didn't seem to have great optics. The good news is we're seeing a lot of these cases flow through the court, so maybe we'll see something closer to that moving forward. Yeah, we got it. All righty. Let's continue on. Another issue businesses out there are dealing with is this desire for a number of employees to work from home. When the pandemic first hit, we were forced into it. Now that maybe you're having a little bit of breathing room, should we be rethinking those policies related to our employees working from home? We've referenced an excellent article in your course notes here, your video notes, which talks about a number of tax, legal and other implications and considerations that you may want to be thinking about. For example, um, when you're drafting that policy, do you even have a policy? Is it written? And when you are doing that, you know, how do you decide which employees get the privilege of working from home if a group of employees doesn't have that right, doesn't have that privilege, what factors are you considering? Also, for those individuals working from home, what are your expectations of them? Do they have to come into the office on a regular basis? Or is it just for special events, informal meetings, social events, uh, teamwork, Meatball Monday, whatever it is, when do you need them to come in? Right, Joe? Well, you know, I was, you know, for the vegetarians, we have a fun guy Friday. So that could be quite a party. Anyways. I'm a fan of whiskey Wednesday. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'll join you, Hugh, on Wednesday. But yeah, all of those factors need to be considered. Um, you know, from the risk side, are there additional or increased risks with your employees working from home? Moving sensitive employ employer data back and forth between the home and office, working on that stuff on the kitchen table. Also, if they're working from home, where is their home? Is it down the street or in a different province or in a different country? Could we have a permanent establishment of the employer uh, being in that other jurisdiction because that employee was working from home there? These are all factors. And it's just a taste of some of the items that are included in this article that we've referenced. Well, speaking of our employees, Kate, uh, as long as we're reviewing our work from home policies, what about a look at the rest of our policies and yeah. whether we may have some taxable benefits here? We had a recent CRA comment that seemed not consistent with what the court said a couple of years ago, which broadened what might be a taxable benefit. CRA said we are still sticking to the old definition. They didn't comment specifically on the case that 
if the employee received an economic advantage, that's step one to get into a taxable benefit, they still need to be the primary beneficiary. If the employer was the real winner from providing this benefit, then we're not going to consider it taxable. So how might we make that determination? Well, as the business owner, did I have a reason for providing that benefit beyond I just want happy employees, so I'm giving them a perk? Did they need that specific benefit to better perform their employment duties? Uh, was there really a contractual or even a moral obligation? Because if I didn't provide this, it was putting them at risk of some harm as a consequence of their employment duties. And the specific example CRA was asked to look at was uh, identity theft protection mm -hmm. services. CRA said, if you could show us that they were at increased risk of identity theft due to the job they're doing, maybe they've got a really public facing job, then we'd think that was not a taxable benefit. But for the average employee, which was the case here, no, that's a personal benefit and it's taxable. Yeah. Now, one of the final things we wanted to talk about here uh, was the Paletta case. Now, this had to do with the, uh, a certain type of a straddle transaction, but don't worry about the details. It was basically a more aggressive type of tax plan that involved the purchase and sale of a bunch of uh, forward contracts, option contracts. And uh, key to it was being able to deduct losses uh, incurred on some of these things. Now, in order to deduct a loss, the Tax Court of Canada said, you know, was this a commercial transaction? Because if it's a commercial transaction and there's there's no personal element to it. Automatically, there is a source of income. It is deductible. Well, we had the Federal Court of Appeal overturning that decision, saying basically, in order to be a commercial transaction to start off with, you have to be getting into it with the view to profit. If there's no view to profit, no commercial transaction, and you're out of luck, no deductions there. The other thing is, they also upheld gross negligence penalties, which is really surprising, because usually this only happens if you have no argument at all. They won in tax court, and now they're losing. But the thing is, I mean, you'd think they'd be okay, but no, the penalty still applied. That's it for today. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian accounting professionals with practical tax information for over 40 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and pre-recorded seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more information, go to videotax.com. The preceding information is for general information purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive, and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts or circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more information, go to videotax.com slash disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News, Inc. 2022. All rights reserved.